I'm gonna let that vibe out for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, got to. There we go. Brett, Brett's getting into the DJ thing, dude. <laughs> it never really goes past this part, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. There we go. All right, good enough there, good enough, good enough. Hey, this is DJ Kelly Reverb, and you are watching This Pink Cloud, Season 2, Episode 36. If you don't know what This Pink Cloud is, we are a resource broker uh, and a show on sobriety and recovery. If you're sober curious, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. If somebody you think can use this show, let them know. Uh, sitting in with me today is the lovely and talented Dylan Kingston from Skate Straight Recovery. Sup, guys? How's everybody doing this morning? And uh, how have you been, dude? Let's catch up real quick. Uh, I know you uh, just started doing the uh, Skate Straight uh, Recovery Meeting out, Smart Recovery Meeting out in Alliance in Arlington, correct? Yeah, man. Uh, we've been doing Wednesday nights uh, and Fridays for Gentlemen's, and uh, dude, it's 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 been great. Um, we got a little bit of uh, publicity this last week. We were on Channel Eight News. Uh, Kurt's story, our story. Uh, uh, all on the news and stuff, so that really like ha like has put us out there. Oh yeah, and um, so it was a great piece, dude. I enjoyed it. Yeah, dude, it was it was way cooler than I ever like it. It, it was just like one single tear. It was like una lagra. Well, my mom called me and she was like, <laughs> I, "I'm so proud proud of you guys," and she's like crying on the phone. And I'm like, <laughs> I love it, dude. But uh, but I the my favorite thing was you. <laughs> You looked really confused or constipated in the shot. I like, did the shot of you, dude. It was just like <laughs> I was like I was. I, that's my meeting face. Okay, I'm trying to soak <laughs> it in. I love it. I love it. Hey, well, real quick, I want to get to our sponsors before we get to our guests, which I am super excited to have on. Um, uh, we are sponsored. We are brought to you by uh, summersky.us. Uh, that is summersky.us, and that is eight 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 five seven. 8857. Once again, that is 888-857-8857. They are a rehab out in uh, lovely Stephenville, Texas. That's where I went, and it's working so far. So, so far, so good. Also, want to shout out to our boys at CardinalHouseRecovery.com, and that is Cardinal House Sober Living. Uh, if you're looking for that long-term uh, accountability and a great program, uh, these guys have it over there. Give my boy Josh a call. Shout at out, Josh. Nine, yeah, I love Josh. 918-998-4223. Uh, Once again, that is 918-998-4223. Uh, sober Living, uh, if you're looking for that long-term accountability, hit those guys up. So, anyway. Anything. The good stuff, to the good stuff. Uh, I actually met this uh, gentleman um, via, or was introduced to him via Josh. I mean, I th I think you know Josh, right, Rich? Yes. Yeah? Okay, so, well. so Richard is actually Zooming in with us because he has got the COVID. He's so got it. He's got the COVID. So he is, he is being socially responsible and isolating, which... I understand, but we're all vaccinated. But whatever, it's all good. Uh, Richard Bradshaw, you are you have your own um, your own nonprofit called Central Texas Harm Reduction, correct? 
Yes, sir. And then, yes, sir. And then you also uh, work at uh, Brazos Recovery, correct? Yeah. And yeah, that, is, that is out on Lake Whitney, and you are the director of operations, correct? No, I'm, oh. the, I'm the operations manager. Oh, yeah. operations manager. Okay, yeah. sorry. Just right, on, right under the director of operations. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Well, cool, man. Well, either way, you're a big shot, right? Uh, something, like that. <laughs> something like that something like that but uh yeah so richard like uh why what i usually do on the show is have the guest um you know tell a little bit about their story and then we're definitely going to get to a lot of good information but uh why don't you why don't you give the people and and me uh you know a little bit of your background story and how you wound up where you are Okay, for sure. Good deal. So, uh, my name's Richard Bradshaw. Uh, I am 28 years old, and uh, I'm originally from Waco, Texas. I'd identify as uh, a, a heroin addict in recovery, uh, but I've also used just about uh, everything under the sun. Uh, pretty pretty repetitively and you would just uh, say you're you're into more is what we like yeah. to say <laughs> yeah 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 definitely uh so i used pretty chaotically uh starting at about age 13 14 started out with prescription stimulants uh adderall stuff like that i actually used to skateboard a lot hey six. I, yeah yeah so, so there was there was nothing better than than taking a few Adderall and, and going. <laughs> I, taking a little Adderall and hitting the hitting the vert, dude. I can see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can and, see that. There, and, was, there was there was nothing there was nothing better than that. And right. Over over the years, uh, some of my substance use kind of progressed, uh, and then at about age seventeen. 16, 17, right around my 17th birthday, uh, I actually injected heroin and cocaine for the first time and uh, ended up doing that for about another seven years. Right. You know, up, until, yeah. up, until the, up until around 25. And, uh, man, throughout that, throughout that time, there's a lot of things that, that I experienced in uh, – that that happened uh within my uh existence of being a, a person who used drugs mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of that uh included interacting with our formal treatment treatment system here mm -hmm. in america and a lot of it uh included interacting with uh the the medical side of things in regards to er's ICUs and things of that nature. And, and you got to know them uh, firsthand <laughs> and not by, oh, yeah. and not necessarily by choice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no. It was never, uh, it was it's, never it's funny as, as, as I'm hearing your story, I'm looking at Dylan because he has a very similar story to yours as well. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, some of the points I like to, I like to hit on that too is, uh, I'm a, I'm a survivor of, of hepatitis C. Okay. And also, 
uh, a survivor of bacterial endocarditis, which occurred in 2014. I was in uh, the ICU, and then I was also hospitalized for three weeks with an infection in my heart valve. Okay, so uh, question. Uh, I'm not yeah. a doctor, so bacterial okay. endocarditis. Did I get that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so what had happened was uh, I was – I didn't have access to, to any sterile injection equipment. No one had ever taught me anything about uh, safety or sanitization of, of equipment. No one had ever taught me about uh, – these, these kind of simple precautions and, and resources that were available for me to take care of my health uh, and really the medical system overall uh, treated me in a fashion which which caused me to deem myself unworthy of those things to begin with. So I never pursued any avenue looking for that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's something really important that you just said yeah. right there is because, yeah. you know, they, you know, you, you already felt like a dirt bag yourself. And then oh, the yeah. system, when you yeah. get in there, that they're, they're, um, they're going, yeah, well, guess what? You are, well, you and know, they, or, and, yeah. and like you said, they don't, they, it's not like if you go to the hospital or anything like that, it's not like they try and educate you like, Hey, you should be using clean needles or anything like that. They're just like, you yeah. should stop doing drugs. Yeah, and as an yeah. addict yeah. and someone, and that's, the, that's hard. Right, like, I yeah. agree. It's not just a switch you flip off. It's, mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely is, and also too, one of the things that one of the things that I want to hit on too is that the the manner in which I was treated in, and which which I see countless others being being treated in, the the manner in which they do that in regards to, uh, you know, well, you should just stop and we're not, we're not going to help you because you don't want to stop. And, uh, why don't you just quit doing it and all that? And all those are really novel ideas. Yeah. Those are great ideas. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Those are, those (laughs) are, those are, those are really cool ideas, you know, and, uh, it's it's a great, it's a great concept, but not necessarily reality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it definitely wasn't my reality. And, And what that did was that, that contributed and, to, to the shame and guilt that I already felt. Oh as yeah. Someone who used drugs, and those are those are feelings which uh, precipitate more more drug use. You know, those aren't feelings that precipitate recovery or lead me down the right path. You know, like shame and guilt isn't really a foundation that positive change can be built on. And, uh, I agree. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Because, like, I mean, you're, like I said, you're already feeling that shame and guilt, and if they t- toss more yeah. on on the cart, it's just like uh, they're not. Nobody's going. Hey, uh, why don't you, you know, meet you meet you where you're at and try to direct you in a positive direction. And even if it's just baby steps, you know, I mean, even if it's, yeah. you know, like something like MAT. I mean, you know, which yeah, which I'm a huge yeah, fan of. The, oh yeah, and that's that's uh. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, that right there is definitely a huge part of my story uh, as well. You know, I was lucky enough during my experience to to have some contact with some some very compassionate healthcare providers that uh, valued my life and and they didn't impose a certain destination on me uh, while I was while I was interacting with them and. Uh, Throughout my story, uh, there are times where uh, 
my safety was greatly increased and my risk of a fatal overdose was significantly decreased due to the fact that uh, a physician that cared about my life met with me and, and prescribed me a medication that would, uh, that would protect those things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so basically, I mean, you were saying that you are an opioid um, user, right? So uh, would that be like something like a buprenorphine or? Yes. Okay. And, and for those people out there, I like to, uh, no, but for, I I like to put this out there. Um, uh, MAT is, is what, what does that stand for, Richard? Medic. It it stands for, yeah, medication assisted treatment and, uh, the, some of the new terminology that we're leaning towards now is, is MOUD, which is Medications for Opioid Use Disorder. Okay. And get uh, a little specialized. But, okay, so in, in that, there is certain things that you can take. Um, and I've, I've heard them put as, like, it's a sealing drug, um, you know, with, uh, with Suboxone, a.k.a. buprenorphine. And did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm just bullshitting my way through. But uh no, but buprenorphine um and 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 that's something that somebody can take uh it's orally and it's basically to um stop well to help you stop actually shooting heroin or snorting heroin and opioids, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And one of the one of the one of the really cool things about that is uh even in, even in my situation, I was, uh, I, and I think it catches a lot of heat, you know, that, oh, I, uh, yeah, that, that it's not, you know, our conventional means of, of, of recovery or, or whatever, uh, anyone would want to say about it, but I can say that, uh, I did benefit from it, uh, in the sense that, I didn't die and sure. I, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people that, that have, mm-hmm. and, and also too, one of the, one of the cool things about it is I would, I would take it for a month or so, or I would take it for two weeks or three weeks or so. And then mm-hmm. I would kind of get to this point where I would plan out a little deal where, where I wouldn't take it for maybe a day and a half. And then I would go get uh, some heroin and, mm-hmm. and stuff like Right. And even in that sense, even in that sense, and, and with that experience right there, it it saved my ass. Because right. if I would have if I would have gone three weeks with with just traditional abstinence, right, and then and then placed an an, an opioid in into my body while I have this diminished tolerance because I haven't had any at all in three weeks. That's one of the that's one of the top risk factors for opioid overdose. Exactly. People, people that are, people that are recently uh, been released from inpatient treatment or or people who have been abstinent for a period of time and returned to use. Oh yeah, they you think know. they can dose up like they used to, and it's just like you know your Not, your yeah. body your body has actually you know the the tolerance like you said is is not there yeah. anymore. Right. Is yeah, it's 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 greatly diminished. So. And and at the time too, uh, I I didn't I didn't want abstinence. 
and I couldn't picture a life of abstinence. And, right. and like I said, I'm, I'm really grateful for the healthcare providers uh, that I interacted with during that time that, that had uh, that had love and, and compassion for me. I'm grateful for 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 one doctor specifically that uh, that really stood by my side and, and provided me with with a lot of life saving resources, tools, and medication. Sure. Uh, during that time, because because there were times where I would go in for for my appointment, mm-hmm. uh, I would I would take a UA at my appointment, you mm-hmm. know. And, Urinary uh, analysis, by the way, I had to, ex- yeah, I had to yeah, explain, yeah, yeah. I had to yeah. explain that to my sister today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I would, so I would take a drug test, you uh-huh. know, and, and I would, uh, I would, I would test positive for, uh, for benzodiazepines cause I had been taking Xanax mm-hmm. that, that I was buying for my friend. I would mm-hmm. test positive for marijuana because I was still smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. I would test positive for, for cocaine. I would test positive for MDMA. I would test positive for all these things, and uh, you know this this doctor was compassionate enough to know that to know and value incremental improvements to my safety by me not injecting opioids, because right. all of that other stuff is, is 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 necessarily not too good either. You know, for someone <laughs> that was in my condition. yeah, right, but it yeah. didn't. He knew, he knew that if he took me off of the medication that he was prescribing me, mm-hmm. that he would place me in a significantly higher risk category of fatal overdose. Right. Absolutely. Because that, without the medication, I would return back to opioids. So I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, yeah, and basically, basically, you had somebody that was willing, and I, I've learned this in you know the RSPS training, which is re, uh, recovery support peer specialist. Um, but yeah. that that you you know you try to meet that person where they are, you know, yeah, yeah. versus 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 force that person of where you want them to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also too the I've I've taken the, the the RSPS training as well and like that's one of the uh, some of those so within within the agency that that I founded which is Central Texas Harm Reduction within that agency we focus on the core we focus on some core principles and a lot of those are derived from from uh, peer support you know we focus on a lot of that uh, and we've 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 designed a model for for peer support around people who are actively using substances right and we we, we carry a lot of that uh a lot of that, you know, meet them, meet them where they're at. And that's one you of the actually need to, you know, um, thinking about this, um, you and uh, you and uh, my buddy Kurt that does skate straight need to get together and meet up. And, uh, you know, maybe y'all can actually work together where you could uh, come out and, uh, you know, do your do your what was that? What was the word I was training for? your training? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. and do your uh, assembly. Well, no, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that would be. I mean, and and having access to Narcan and fentanyl strips and all of those things, like that's something that's like a per a pertinent thing. And so I think absolutely, if if uh, and I'll get your number before this, and maybe I can hook you up with Kurt or whatever because I talk to him a lot. But 
we'll work something out where we can work with skate straight so we can have that stuff readily available for people yeah for sure for sure and um, like Okay, so like, like, like I don't, I, you know, I want to get to this because there's a lot of good information and a lot of stuff that people out there might not understand. So, like, uh, okay, a you do with uh, Central Texas Harm Reduction, you do training, um, like, of how to administer Narcan. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we do, we do. Yeah, how to administer Narcan, how to use a fentanyl test strip. All right. Well, do you want to? Because I know you have a PowerPoint. So, um, if you yeah, want to kind of kind of give us a little bit of the tour uh, of what you would do. I mean, just like maybe a truncated, not a full on, you know, training session, but uh, you know, enough. And we'll just ask questions as you're uh, as you're showing us stuff. Yeah, that'll okay. uh, that'll that'll definitely work. I'm gonna take a few moments to share my screen really quick. Uh, I think I'm going to cough a little bit. Too. Okay, go ahead and cough because no you're sick. I know you're allowed, and I appreciate I appreciate you actually fighting through it, dude. Because I was like, "Well, dude, it's okay. It's just a Zoom, dude. We'll we'll just prop up your corpse, dude, and go yeah. through a PowerPoint, dude. Yeah. It's all good." Yeah, no worries. <laughs> it would have been cool if you were like laying down. I just appreciate the fact that like you put a collared shirt on, and oh, yeah. and like. And you're actually and you're actually wearing pants. So. Yeah, and and we do appreciate that. I can't tell you how many Zoom meetings I've been on where I w was not wearing like just I had a shirt on but no pants. Just, <laughs> just uh, but at least boxers, right? Yeah, not, maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> hey, it's free ball Friday. Right? Hey, look, I'm at home. You guys can't tell me shit. All right, so uh, okay, so what do we got here? We're looking at uh, it says a risky endeavor. Yeah. So. So, so this is a slide that we created to kind of, uh, kind of bring people information, man, about about what's going on out here. So, so Central Texas Harm Reduction, as an as an organization, we conduct uh, we conduct regular tests of substances that are procured off of the streets by a lot of our participants. Right, uh, and, the, and I was I was saying the street. I, I know some street terms. Those are uh, totem poles, and those are blueberries. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just to get yeah, real, so, just to show my street cred. Well, that's weird. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Dude. So, so these ones right here on the on the left, these are these are some two milligram Xanax that are uh, that are floating around a lot of Texas. They don't have any. They don't have any any letter or number markings or imprints. They are just scored right. into quadrants. Okay. Uh, but they're not. They, they don't say anything on them. And sure. uh, We've had we've had a few cases of of these testing positive. Each one that's been tested has been tested has tested positive for the presence of fentanyl. And also, too, we have had uh, multiple occurrences of overdoses. Well, let, let's them. get let's touch on that because we talked about it briefly last week. Um, Fentanyl is the thing that's really, you know, a lot of people, you know, when you get street pills, you have, you know, it's any anybody's guess, anybody's game. It could be anything. But is it's the fentanyl that's in there that's causing the yeah. people to OD, correct? Yeah. So so and I'm going to I'm going to just run through and kind of think all of the viewers through the kind of process that led up to to fentanyl becoming a part of our drug supply. OK, really. Cool. Sounds uh, good. So 
here in Texas and, and also around the nation around the same time. So you see up here in this top right corner, there's a there's a M30, which is a, a 30 milligram oxycodone, which in 2012, uh, kind of at the peak of, of when a lot of these were pumped out through uh, regulated means, which they were coming from pharmacies and, and from all that. Pr- and, and, well, let's just say it from Purdue. <laughs> yeah, 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 for, no, yeah. For, sure. for sure. So, so in the in the top right corner, we see those. So, in 2011, 2012, the price of that, on average, here in Texas, was fifty cents a milligram. So, it was it was fifteen bucks for one of these blue thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in 2014 and in 2017, there were some pretty heavy uh, amendments made to the Texas Administrative Code, which is the, the, the regulatory guide for pain management physicians. There were some amendments made to that. And so it, it cut down on their ability to prescribe that. Right. And so the thing is that when, when that happened, the price of these pills shot up mm-hmm. to about well, it's uh, the old supply and demand. Well, and it's supply, it was it was yeah, it was well, and it was also to cut down on like pharmacy shopping and like and like doctor uh, doctor shopping. shopping yeah. So they became yeah. three signature yeah. drugs. Ah, okay. Yeah. So 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 in an effort to to cut down on that, uh, what the what the government kind of did unknowingly or inadvertently is they they shot the price of these pills up so high that it created a, a very lucrative opportunity yeah. um, for people to, to produce counterfeits. And so it's it's a lot easier. So a counterfeit would have to have an active ingredient. Mm-hmm. And so the most readily available, cheapest active ingredient that, that the illicit drug manufacturers could find was fentanyl. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, though, is that Let's say you get enough fentanyl mm-hmm. to, to to press a thousand of these M30s. Right. You would have to have very sophisticated technology to ensure that that fentanyl was evenly spread throughout the mix before it was pressed. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the FDA is not regulating. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah. not regulating. It's right. not regulating any of it. So, out of a batch of a thousand, you may get three hundred that that do relatively nothing uh-huh. and then you get 600 that, that knock would you on your ass. You. Right. They yeah, can, yeah, yeah. they can wind then, you up in the ER. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, you're yeah. lucky, if you're lucky, if, if you're lucky and we've, we've had reports too of, uh, one of the, one of the more recent reversals was, uh, was a guy and we'll take into account his weight was 250 pounds, you know, cause that does, bear a little bit of significance sure. to, uh, to toxicity. So 250 pounds, a quarter of one of the blue M30s that was purchased on the street out here uh, sent him into respiratory depression. Wow. And so the inconsistency that that, that are in these pills uh, are are something that that has really brought a lot of this to uh, – to the forefront to make it where this is something that, that happens. And we see the same thing with the Xanax as well. Uh, and it's, it's impossible to know, you know, yeah, to know what's there. And, and I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because 
there are actually test strips for that, right? Um, and because we yeah. ta- we were talking last week, uh, we had Brian Cuban on, and uh, they had mentioned something about the, the fentanyl strips not being legal, but that that is not true. The fentanyl fentanyl test strips are legal and available, correct? Yes. Okay, so yeah. I don't know if you want to go to your live camera, or do you have a fentanyl strip uh, kind of uh, slide on you, yeah. or? I do have one here with me, but also on this next slide, too, uh, we're going to go through kind of the instructions on how to use one. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of breaks it down play by play. And there are some different variations in the instructions depending on uh, what kind of substance you're testing, if it's a stimulant or a depressant. Okay. All right. So we'll cruise on over to this next page. So, so for... Give me one second real quick. I, yeah, need, to, I need to go. Go ahead, dude. You need to <laughs> expectorate, dude. I, excuse me, out of excuse you. me real quick while I cough up a lung. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good, dude. Hey, once again, I appreciate you uh, toughing through this, dude. So. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. And uh, a little bit of a little bit of I'll just go ahead and throw this in right here, dude. Like this is a very unfortunate situation uh that that I'm in right now uh I was actually supposed to get married in Vegas tomorrow oh jeez to I was supposed to fly out this afternoon to do that and oh, I was no. also attending the mobilized hey. recovery convention this year but but with all that being said and how unfortunate that is and everything right now I am excited about recovery yeah and I'm excited about the opportunity to, to, to talk to people about this stuff too, because this is where, uh, this is where my journey's taken me. Yeah, you know, no. And it's great. Yeah, no. And I yeah. love it. So, uh, dude, that's, that, that sucks, dude. Like the vid is, is, uh, is messing up your marriage plans and, but Hey, you know, I guess, uh, what do you, you have to, uh, yeah, you have to show your, uh, or, as far as flying, I mean, do you have to, they ask you the questions, but then I'm sure there's assholes that actually fly that are positive. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And it would have, yeah, it would have, it would have just been a, uh, a really bad deal to, which I'm glad I got tested here beforehand yeah. because the event that I'm going to, they test when you get there and, oh, yeah. and all that. Sure. I wanted to be double sure and, and make sure and right. all that and ended up catching it uh, uh, before before I was even symptomatic. And right. I was able to isolate for the past three days so far. So well, that's good, and I'm I am happy that you're being socially responsible. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so let's let's hear about the fentanyl yeah, we'll strips and how they work and how like I mean okay so like let's say like um, you know I am a I am a young person yeah. and I am yeah. uh, and I have. I have my, uh, you know, hand of goodies or what I think are goodies. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, where do I, well, first off, where can I get fentanyl strips? So right now you can access them from a, a company called BTNX. Okay. And so you would just Google BTNX mm-hmm. fentanyl test strip. Okay. And you'd be able to purchase through them. And but you also, I, okay go ahead. Also, too, we're we're in the works of of getting uh, 
a vendor set up here in Texas, and I'll be sh- I'll be sure to keep y'all posted on that. Oh, please do, yeah, yeah, because the only but, but once we once we reach that point, I will reach back out to y'all, uh, and and we'll be able to to supply uh, the whole state of Texas. Right. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always the only place that I've ever been able to get fentanyl test strips. Um, I uh, I think when I went in for some mental health stuff or something on a relapse, I uh, Plano they have like a mental health like a whatever, and they give them out there <clears throat> regularly. So. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. you know for sure if they go to, to uh, search Google uh, BT, BNTX and fentanyl. BTNX. Oh, BTNX. Um, yeah. and then fentanyl strips that they can, uh, access them there. Yeah. They okay. can purchase them off there. Uh, and also too, if it's an organization purchasing from there, mm-hmm. uh, call the phone number, reach out to the sales rep. Uh, what if it's will, just an individual? An individual can buy them as well too. Okay. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Cause I know there's probably yeah. parents out there that, that are concerned and then, you know, um uh, uh kids themselves you know i mean yeah yeah definitely and 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 part of this too is to uh i mean this is this is just the reality of of using drugs in 2021 right now you know the risk has changed and so we've developed uh some pretty some pretty simple practices in order to to mitigate those risks but the risks have changed and whenever risk changes uh, we we change our behavior sure. and our plan of action around those risks. Yeah, you gotta call. You gotta call an audible. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. I get. I get it. Yeah. So walk us through real quick on the on the uh, fentanyl okay. strips on how to use that. Okay. Cool deal. So if you're gonna be testing opiates or a benzo, or like if you're gonna be testing opiates or a Xanax pill. Or, or anything like that, you'll use half a shot glass of water, mm-hmm. about 15 milliliters. Okay. And then, but you can also use like a, one of the little ketchup cups mm-hmm. is a good is a good measurement. Okay. And then also anything that like condiments are put into. Oh yeah, the you mean the Jello shot cups, dude? Yeah. I know those yeah, well, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, <laughs> a little ram, a little Cambro or a little ramekin. Yeah, ramekin. yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those. Ramekin. Ramekin, yeah. I love from that my, word. All my uh, service industry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good so, deal. So, uh, so now there uh, from the from the pill, like okay, so you, I'm seeing a hand with a match. So like just about a, like a match head. Of, yeah. Of yeah. the pill and about a match head portion of the pill. Yeah, uh-huh. which would be about uh, one fourth or one fifth of one of the blue thirties. Mm-hmm. It would be about an eighth an eighth of a Xanax bar. Uh, so yeah, about the about the size of a match head or a half mm-hmm. a grain of rice, mm-hmm. and you'll just you'll if it's a pill you'll crush it before you mix it in with that 15 milliliters of water. Mm-hmm. And let's note right here too that if you're testing a stimulant, you'll need a full 30 milliliters of water. Okay. So you'll need a whole shot glass. So 15 milliliters for opiates and depressants, 30 milliliters for stimulants like cocaine, meth, or MDMA. Okay. And once you mix that solution up real nice, you hold the blue end of the test strip uh-huh. and you dip the other end into the water. So okay. for anyone that's 
is familiar with the urine analysis, this is basically about the about the same practice. Right, but so it tests for fentanyl. Right. Yeah, but it tests for fentanyl. So you'll hold the strip in the water for about ten seconds. You'll take the strip out of the water and wait about a minute. Mm-hmm. And then you'll use a bright light to look at the strip and count how many red lines there are. So if there's two red lines, that means no, there is no fentanyl. And then if we see one red line, that'll 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 give us an indication that there is fentanyl. That means you're and pregnant, so- right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it's like a pregnancy strip for drugs. I was gonna say that <laughs> this is this is. I mean, this. If you're out there and you're using, you know what I'm saying. I mean, this he took. It took us three minutes to walk through this. It's a very simple process. You can do it with yeah. things that can be found. If you don't have, you don't have a job or you don't have any like a ketchup cup, you can go into any any fast food joint and get one of the. You know right. what I'm saying. So it's it's something yeah. very simple and and yeah. easy that can mit- that, dude. It can save your life you know it right. can it can be yeah. the 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 thing that whether you overdose that day or you you know like well you have experience with this so now why dylan i'm gonna put you on the hot seat here real quick yeah why didn't you test your shit uh well because i didn't have test strips okay um, because uh i well i didn't seek them out but also um because I'm a, a a drug addict and I thought I knew better, you know. Don't don't we all? I knew. I, look, I knew the guy. I had seen him more than twice. So yeah, I, I met knew him the at guy a, who I, was I met from. him at a fucking gas station. He had my best interests at heart. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and I was a victim of the 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 blue thirties, you know. Yeah. Um, well, no, and yeah. I and I think I I think if you get you know the of making these strips. A people aware of these trips, and then and B you know making these tips readily available, I think is really key to to at least helping uh, you know uh, an epidemic uh, and a crisis situation. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Not everybody is ready to stop, so at least make it as safe as possible for these people that right. aren't, so that they have the option to make that decision when the time comes. Agreed. I'm gonna yeah. tell. I'm gonna tell y'all a little old man story. Back in the day, Uh-oh. they used to do. Uh, in the, back in the nineties, <laughs> um, they day. used to do. Well, the, everybody used to take a lot of MDMA. Yeah. And, and ecstasy was the huge thing back in the day. Well, you know, the, the, it's basically the same process. So you don't know kind of what you're getting, dude. From you you know who who pressed this up where did it come from the source anything you don't know what's going on but they actually had like a, a, a like a a rave safe like they had like a little dropper where you could drop it on the pill and if it turned a certain color don't take it yeah you know kind of thing but uh yeah so this yeah. is kind of the this is the 2021 version of that um yeah and and then okay so um once again those fentanyl strips if they go to Go ahead and say it again. Yeah, btnx. Right. Dot com. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, so and it, it, the best the best way to do it is to Google btnx uh-huh. fentanyl test strip because the company also widely produces COVID nineteen testing material. Oh, okay. So they got that so test. If you go they to their website, that te- that's going to be the first thing. They got that from. test game unlocked, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And there's some of there's some of the there's some of the best providers of of any. All right. Uh, any any kind of test that, that anyone would need. 
Sure. No, no, no. Uh, I like that. Um, okay, so let's move on from that. And then you also, in your presentation, you talk about Narcan because, okay, let's yeah. say if, if, yeah. somebody, and, if somebody takes one of these pills and then ODs, then you need the Narcan, correct? Yeah, so, so yeah, and also, too, uh, I feel like this is, this is important to hit on. So we see that caution sign right there, and it says, yes, there is fentanyl. Mm-hmm. So, so studies show that out of, out of everyone who's, who uses these strips, it's a pretty, pretty broad study that was done that only 10% of the people saw, yes, there is fentanyl, and threw the drugs out and didn't use them. Oh, yeah. Right. Just, well, okay, I just don't need oh, to use this much. Well, hopefully this doesn't yeah. have that much fentanyl, or I can, like you said, like that 250-pound fella, that he can, uh, yeah. I'll just take a fourth of it, dude, because it's got so fentanyl. Yeah, so here's the deal. is So that 10% threw out the sample altogether and said, nope, I'm not willing to risk it. Sure. But see, the, the key is, is that the rest of those people changed their behavior about how they were going to do this. So a lot of times that can look like some of the suggestions we give is change your, change your route of administration, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, instead of injecting, maybe opt for uh, snorting or smoking, mm-hmm. do less than you usually would. And whatever you do, do not do it alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are around someone and that if y'all are using together, that y'all alternate your use at 20-minute increments so that y'all don't overdose simultaneously. Sure. And then also just have, have Narcan around. Right. You know? Okay. So let's – do you have a, a Narcan slide ready? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got one coming. And, and just real quick, uh, just to tell people, Narcan has been around for a long time. Do you know, like, the history of Narcan, Richard? Do you know how long know. it's been around? Yeah, I know that it's been around since since the sixties or seventies. Since, yeah. since way before I was born. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. it's, it's been around for a little bit, but it didn't really take a very uh, big role in 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 regards to reviving drug users until the nineties. Okay. <sighs> was when it was when it kind of originally got introduced and. Uh, <clears throat> A little bit of history behind that too. There were some, there were some kind of really uh, trailblazing organizations within the '90s. One of those being Chicago Recovery Alliance, which was headed by a guy named Dan Big. Uh, and at the time, naloxone was actually illegal to possess. And now, and when number. you say naloxone, is that a? Go ahead. So that's the active ingredient. That, in Narcan. and then, and the, that's the brand name for Narcan. Yeah, Narcan. Okay. Narcan is the brand and name. The active ingredient of Narcan is naloxone hydrochloride. Gotcha. I like to spell Narcan. that out because it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, especially for people no, for that sure. are yeah, especially for people that yeah. don't actually use. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, it's the Narcan is the brand name for the nasal spray, uh, which is the formulation of naloxone hydrochloride. And naloxone hydrochloride is also available in intramuscular doses which are commonly used by emts right and now but, would that be when you say intramuscular would you mean like a shot yeah like a an needle? injection yeah. injection yeah, right it's, it's, yeah it's an injection but the majority of what of what we hand out in texas right now is uh the nasal spray 
All right, so let's say let's say my my boy Dylan here has taken one of those M30s, right? And he's blacked out and he's not responding. He's turning blue and all that good stuff. So would I actually just take this and spray it in his nose and or how yeah. would I administer? Yeah, so so that's what we'll do right now is we'll go to these these next few slides. Okay. And an easy way to administer an easy way to remember it is ABC. Okay. And it's the ABCs of, of overdose reversal. Okay. And so first, the first piece of that is we'll go back to some of these. Well, other yeah, slides. I saw the identifying signs, and I think that's uh, important to hit that, the heavy or uncomfortable nodding, snoring, or loud breathing. That's me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's me without then, my CPAP machine. But yeah, right. And then, and then they yeah, not responsive, very shallow breathing or gurgling, pale skin, blue lips, fingertips not breathing or low respiration. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So if somebody's unresponsive, yeah. I mean that's a big indicator that they're overdosing. Oh yeah, and definitely, and and some of the numbers, uh, we can we can point out that opioid overdose is the most common cause of death for people in america under the age of 50 right now it's actually surpassed vehicular accidents so if you oh, wow if you do, yeah if you do find someone that's give that's us that give us that statistic again go ahead that. so death under if, if someone passes away today uh-huh. in america that's under the age of 50 right the most probable cause would be an opioid overdose wow that's, that's that's crazy. That's, that's insane. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's up to about 200 and uh 255 people a day. Wow. So, is that in the US or is that worldwide or what yeah, what are we in, talking? That's in the US. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. That's that's sad. But okay, yeah, so so where we have identified these signs, I've identified that okay. my homeboy is overdosed I'm out. and and then uh, basically, it looks like a slide. Go ahead if you want to walk us yeah. through the slide here. Yeah, for sure. So, so each each box of Narcan <clears throat> will contain two nasal sprays. Okay. So you'll take one of the packages of the nasal spray out. You'll peel the aluminum wrapper off of the back of it, and then you see right here in box number two, you'll place that nozzle into their nostril as depicted in box number three, and then you'll hit the back of the plunger as depicted in box number four. Okay. And so that that will will release the medication into their nose. Right. And then also too, that's the that's the first thing that, that needs to be that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest piece right there. Okay. It? We're now, gonna talk about these next three deals. We're gonna talk about administer, breathe, and call, which okay. are the A B C Okay. Uh, well, now and and also just so like people are aware, once you spray that in their nose, they're not immediately going to just like jump up. No, no. So Narcan takes about two minutes to work. Okay. We do suggest administering an additional dose of Narcan each minute. Uh, and that that's henceforth the two in the package. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so. So, so you can't give them too much of it. You're not going to harm them or injure Right, anyone. and that's a that's another important question that you bring up. Like, well, if I just hit some Narcan right now, it would not do anything unless I was taking opioids, correct? Yeah, it wouldn't do and, anything. And it doesn't have any kind of, uh, like, ill effect or no. any kind yeah, of... Yeah, there's no... Yeah. 
yeah, there's no psychological or, or, psychoactive, or psychoactive or physiological effect uh, from Narcan unless right. you have opioids in your system. It's not like that Afrin nose spray, dude, that you get it hooked on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, Afrin hits, Afrin hits different. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so we've got, so we've got this, and then you were going to say the ABCs. I don't want to miss that part. Yeah, so. so so this is the A from the ABCs, okay, which is administered, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't necessarily matter what order these are done in because we're never going to walk in. Not each overdose situation is going to be the same. So okay. we developed this acronym just to give like a little checklist. Like it doesn't matter in what order these things are done, but they do need to be done. Right. So the first one is that is, is administer. Uh huh. The next one is. So, so what's going on in an opioid overdose is the opioid receptors, the same ones that cause the euphoria of, of a high from opioids, also signal to the rest of the body. And so they can, they can become so saturated at a point by the opioid that they actually stop signaling for the body to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what kills the person in the opioid overdose is the lack of oxygen. And so what the Narcan does is it takes those opioids off the receptors and allows the individual to start breathing again. And once they start breathing again, they they come back to life. Right. Yeah. Cause it's those receptors so, that are shutting down their breathing. Yeah. Telling them, Hey, don't yeah, it's the receptors heart. that are shutting right. down their breathing. So, so, so in the meantime, during the two minutes while the Narcan's become inactive, the most, one of the most important things to do is to breathe for them. Okay. So you'll gently, gently roll them onto their back. Right. You'll tilt their head back, open up their airways as depicted in this image right here. Uh-huh. And then you'll rescue breathing, which means okay. you'll encapsulate their mouth with yours. You'll uh-huh. give them two breaths directly into their mouth, followed by a single breath every five seconds. And this is to get the person oxygen while they're not able to breathe by themselves. Yeah, that's what I was going to say COVID, because it's a, a COVID-19 it's, disclaimer in here right now. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. But I was going to say, because, yeah. I mean, if the person's not breathing, then how do you do it? Because, I mean, that makes total sense. So I would first, if Dylan was... Doing it, it was overdosing. I would slap him like a bitch first, yeah. and then make out with him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, and then so basically, <laughs> basically, no tongue. No. no, but no tongue. No, no tongue. If you use tongue. There. It greatly increases the risk of COVID nineteen. Okay. Yeah, and okay, good I don't think know. there's any any oxygen, uh, like uh, increasing oxygen properties from using your tongue. Right. It okay. might decrease the oxygen you're giving me. <laughs> I gotcha. But no, on the serious tip, so you would basically give them like a little respiratory help. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, to, to help get this in their system and to, to actually help, um, you know, uh, I guess, activate uh, the Narcan. No. So, so, so what this does is this is just going to provide him with oxygen oh, okay. so that he remains alive All right. until the Narcan works. So ah. the nasal spray is actually absorbed within the capillaries and the mucous membranes of the nose. Sure. And whether the person is breathing on their own or not, it will still be absorbed and it will still go into action and, and be working within two minutes. Okay. But during those two minutes, we see down here the, the, the risk of a hypoxic injury, uh, which could result in uh, permanent brain damage. Sure. Uh, that, that is something that, that, that the rescue breathing will help to prevent. Okay. Good stuff yeah. to know. Let's get to that C real quick. Yeah. So the C is call 911. Right. So 
I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna give our viewers some pretty uh, some some pretty good information around this. So. Okay. You call them and you report a medical emergency, and and it, the terminology and verbiage on this is very important because uh, EMS, fire department, sheriff departments are 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 a lot of times always uh, dispatched through the same system that comes out from nine one one. So if you call and you say hey, my buddy Dylan is overdosing, uh, there's a high probability in the state of Texas that a law enforcement officer is actually going to show up yeah. before an EMT. Yep, and right. the law enforcement officer isn't going to be so much interested in Dylan's life as he is going to be about finding uh, the drugs for, for prosecution. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so we always want to say, hey, my friend's not breathing. Here's mm -hmm. my address. Now, now the flip side to that is when the EMT gets there and you're if you're at the scene and you're interacting with a medical professional, mm -hmm. then you always want to be honest with them. Be like, hey, my buddy Dylan snorted uh, a fake 30 milligram oxycodone. I believe sure. he's been exposed to fentanyl. I administered two doses of Narcan already. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? You do want to be honest with the medical professionals when they get there. Right. But you do want to be of, of disclosing any information to 911 about drugs mm -hmm. because uh, it, can, it can trigger a different kind of response from the authorities. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't want – I mean, because typically they both show up, but, um, yeah. yeah, sometimes they will come at it differently. And, uh, yeah, I've had I've actually had to do that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. but that's good to know and good information to impart. Man, I mean, Definitely. you know, we could go on forever. I mean, do you do you have uh, like anything else? Like, I mean, we've talked about where they can get it, where they can get the fentanyl strips. Uh, where can where can people get Narcan? By the way, so on the screen attaches my email address and also my phone number. Okay, they can yeah, they can just call me directly. I don't see we your. Can, uh, is it on? Is it on the screen? Do we have it up there, Brett? Uh, his information. No, we don't have your information up there, but uh, if you want to, um, okay. let, let's go ahead and get uh, get that information. But, okay, so, like, if I wanted to go get Narcan today, where could I access Narcan? So, you can access it at your pharmacy, but okay. it's going to be about $125 a box. Wow. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. expensive. 75 to $125 a box at, at your pharmacy. Mm -hmm. uh, you can contact us, and we'll mail it out for free. And we'll also mail out uh, large shipments to any organization that interfaces with people uh, who are either in recovery or people who use drugs. And we can provide them with training materials and also supply their organization with Narcan. And, and, and we'll, we'll try to support them in, mm -hmm. in any way that we can. Yeah, I think that's yeah. going to be a great fit, you and Skate Straight. Like, if y'all can get together and, uh, you know, definitely uh, get, uh, you know, get make that Narcan available, uh, you know, just in case. Because, you know, if you're hanging around it, I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's almost good to, uh, you know, always kind of have it re on the ready because you never know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, other than that, dude, I don't mean, yeah, I don't mean to cut you short, dude, but, uh, I mean, there's just so much good information here. Where can, if, yeah. if the people want to reach out to you, do you want to go ahead and, and shout out your phone number real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll shoot you out there. My phone number is 
4-3. Okay. And I'll say it, I'll say it one more time. It's 210-860-2443. And then my email address is syntex, which is C-E-N-T-E-X, harmreduction at gmail.com. Okay, cool, man. Well, I mean, I really appreciate you um, and what you're doing out there. I always applaud people in the recovery field for sure, um, you know, because it's sometimes it's a thankless job, man. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and I'm, I think it's great what you're doing and, and the resources that you're providing. And hopefully this, uh, this will, you know, bring the, to it, to, uh, other people's attention that are unaware of this. Um, and, uh, they'll reach out to you, man. So, um, yeah, yeah. Real quick. Um, let me go ahead and hit my sponsors. Uh, that would be summersky.us. Um, they are a rehab center out in Stephenville, Texas. Uh, their number is 888-857-8857. And that is summersky.us. If you're looking, uh, if you don't think you can quit, uh, on your own and, uh, you know, need some, need some time on the inside. It's a good spot. I went there. And it's working for me. And then also, if you want that long-term accountability and a good program, uh, the CardinalHouseRecovery.com or just CardinalHouseRecovery.com. They're in the DFW area, and their number is 918-998-4223. And uh, ask for my boy Josh. And, uh, you know, they've got that long-term help. Uh, You know, if you can't navigate sobriety on your own but you want it, uh, it's a great place to go. It's a great resource. Um, and then, obviously, uh, if you are watching us, uh, be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which if you go to thispinkcloud.com, it'll take you to our YouTube channel. And uh, please hit subscribe. And then, obviously, I want everybody to share this information because that's how we get it out there. You know, I want to. I would love to see something like this go viral um, just because, uh, you know, of – of the information and, and the, you know, the lack, uh, the, I, I think the more people know, you know, the better off, uh, you know, we can deal with this epidemic that's going on and, and the problem that's out there, you know? Yeah. Educating people and letting them know that like they're just, just because you're not ready to stop using, there are safer ways to do it. So, well, Richard, as you sullenly yeah, sit there, I appreciate you. no, 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 but we appreciate you. And thanks for making the time for us. Anybody you want to shout out while you're on here? I mean, obviously your wife or, yeah, or yeah, fiance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll be my wife soon. Cool. For sure. Uh, yeah. Shout out to her. Uh, shout out to, to, to everybody, uh, that's watching. And then also to, uh, shout out to the Levinson foundation, which is one of our biggest, uh, contributors that's made a lot of these things possible for us. Cool. Well, thanks, dude, and I'm glad you're not dead, man. Yeah, dude, me too. <laughs> yeah, from the COVID and and from the uh, overdoses. I'm glad yeah, you're around, sure. dude. To to you know to tell your story and to share your uh, experience, hope, and strength. You know. Yeah. And then uh, before we wind up, Dylan, uh, did you have, I know you've got some events coming up. You know, you're doing your weekly thing. Um, yeah. You want to shout out? Uh, Wednesday, uh, everything that we do for Skate Straight, you can go to skatestraightrecovery.org. Find all that stuff out. There's uh, information on all the stuff that we do. And then um, other than that, um, shout out to the dog and the girl at home. And, right. Uh, you guys share this, like this, 
Uh, it's very important. Yeah, comment on it. And, and it's, it saved my life, you know, like Narcan saved my life multiple times, um, you know, things like that. So it's like it's really, really important that people know about this because a lot of people don't. I I, lo I love your uh, your central harm, uh, your, your central uh, Texas harm reduction. Uh, putting put it's what putting life in your uh, in your hands, huh? Is the slogan. Yeah. Which is true. Which is true. Which I love. No determination. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Richard, uh, again, man, I can't wait to meet you in person, face to face, one of these days. Um, but uh, you know, I I, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and Dylan, as always. Um, next week, next week, we actually have, uh, the founder, um, uh, uh, Stephen Knight from, uh, Dogs Matter, and we have Cassie and, uh, Dusty are all going to be here, and we're going to be talking about Dogs Matter, which is an organization, uh, where you can, um, foster your dog, um, and they will, uh, while you're getting help for yourself, while you're in recovery, they specialize in finding homes for those dogs. So be sure and tune into that. But Brett, if you would play us out maestro, uh, once again, Richard, thanks for coming on, buddy. You look good for having yeah, COVID and yeah. And thank you, Dylan, for, uh, joining us today Later, and, guys. uh, thanks for listening. And remember kids, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take too many.